Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Today, our premier sponsor is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Find out more about them at LuckyTats.com. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Sherry Ellison, co-owner of Queer Chocolatier. If you've been listening to this program for a while, you know that Angie is a avid podcast listener. I am. And now I'm an avid podcast participator. Participator. She she calls in, she writes in, she emails. She really is engaged with podcasts she listens to. Only, yeah, only, I listen to a lot, but I only engage with a couple. <laughs> well, one you engaged in. Yes. Netted you five hundred dollars. I am winner, winner, chicken dinner. What? Yes, yesterday. Now, now tell me about this podcast okay. and tell me how it came about that they are going to give you five hundred dollars. Well, it's called the Defining Audacity podcast and radio show, and they're out of Texas, so it's not like they're local. Um, it's a long story of how I found them and all that kind of thing. But the one of them had a blog, and then she started this a guest on this podcast and blah, 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 blah. And now I listen to this podcast out of Texas, which is out of Dallas and which is near to my heart. Cause I used to live there. So they sound all Dallas and Texas and whatever. And so I like it anyway. So I listen to this podcast. It's now been- what, what do they talk about on their podcast? All kinds of different things, just random stuff. I mean, they, they want everyone, they try to keep things positive and talk about, you know, doing good things. But then they also talk about, you know, they love uh, tacos and burritos and whatever and stuff. Who like that doesn't too. like tacos? Nope. Nobody, I don't think. Okay. I don't know. But so it's just a lot of random stuff. It's just two friends kind of just talking, uh, driving around and doing what else and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's it's fun. I like it. I interact with them and whatever. And so about a month ago, they started doing a contest um, and they were going to give away prize packs with like tumblers and koozies and whatever, mm-hmm. uh, stickers, that kind of stuff. And so there were different ways to enter like, uh, you know, like us on Facebook and Instagram and that kind of stuff, which I did. And then they would do like secret words of the day and you like text in the secret word and you get another entry or whatever. There were some that were like, find a friend and have them subscribe to my pod- the podcast. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm promoting my own podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> I can't pimp on other people's. Anyway, so I did all of this and they did it for a month. And um, so they announced all the winners that they were giving prize packs to. And I was one of those. And then, so I'll be getting a prize pack of like tumblers and co- koozies and stuff. Still, that's kind of cool. So that was pretty cool. I was like, all right, cool. That done. I'm, I'm done with, I'm cool with that. So then they took all of the entries and they put them in a bag. And then on Monday, they drew for the winner. And they drew like on the podcast. And they, they drew my name. They said Angie from Indiana because that's what I go by over there because I'm from Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into the show, I want to recognize Angie from Indiana, an avid listener of the Defining Audacity radio show and podcast. One more time, she was the winner of our Fly the Flag giveaway $500 cash prize. We announced that late last week. Speaking of Angie from Indiana, she is a podcaster also. She let me know a while ago that she does a podcast. I believe she does it with her husband. And just the other day, when I was driving back from LSA Burger in Denton, Texas, I put it on and listened to it. The name of her podcast is Good Girl Gone Boss. I encourage you to check it out. You're probably not going to listen to a lot of episodes unless you live in Muncie, Indiana. But it is very, very well done. Her and her husband put a heavy emphasis on community. And they're kind of banging that Muncie, Indiana drum. It's awesome. I really enjoyed it. I know nothing about Muncie, Indiana, 
But I listened to two full episodes. They're short. They're sweet. They're about, I don't know, 25 to 30 minutes long. Angie's got a good personality. Very well spoken. I enjoyed both of them. It's called Good Girl Gone Boss. And again, thanks to Angie for listening to the Defining Audacity radio show and podcast. So they drew my name and they're sending me $500. Wow. I know. So I'm very excited. So what are we going to do? Go to the Neely house? Maybe Ron Mahoney's place? We could just make the rounds and eat our way through Muncie. We'll go through uh, Vera Mays and maybe get pizza on the way home from uh, Asteria Asteria 32. 32. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And some wine along the way. I don't know. But so I'm excited. So listening to podcast pays. Not that listening to... This one, yes. This one does not pay yet, but... But if there's somebody out there who wants to sponsor a contest and give away money... We will definitely make that happen. Exactly. Just contact us today. And we will get merch one day, just not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Our premier sponsor is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. You took emergence, right? I did. You did too. I did, like one year before you. Yeah. And they have the most awesome games. Mm, depending <laughs> on your version of most awesome. They are very good. I am just not a team player kind of person. Did you guys do the the cloud thing where they put like the uh, tablecloths on the floor? No. You didn't? Nope, because uh-huh. your group, I, if I remember from Tisha correctly, your group sucked at it so bad, I think they retired it after that one. So what you had to do, they had three uh, three or four, and uh, they split everybody up to, to stand on these clouds. And what you had to do is flip the tablecloth over uh-huh. underneath your feet. But you're standing on it. Exactly. So... <laughs> How does this work? But their rules, uh, they didn't say you could like jump to another cloud and have maybe one person do it which we didn't figure out for a good 40 minutes. We wasted at least 40 minutes until we were like, this is not going to work, We give up. We're done. (laughs) I think only one or two other groups had actually figured it out, but our group was like, nope, we're this we can't do this my group was terrible it's a hula hoop game so uh oh that's where you put your fingers up and you try to (gasps) yes lower to lower lower all the way down to the ground and and nobody can get their fingers off of it and my group was terrible tisha said my group's the most terrible group they've ever had uh (laughs) 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 then i quit at the end i was like that's it i give up i quit i'm done and then tisha was very nice she's like Angie, I think maybe we could try it again. Just one more time. You guys can do it. I was like, fine, okay. And we did it. It was great. It was, we all worked as a team and it taught us the lesson that it was supposed to, but it was frustrating. And <laughs> my whole group wanted to like murder each other. <laughs> and there's some other games they play during emergence that uh, uh, that teach you leadership they do, skills. They teach you leadership skills. It shows like, you know, what style are you? I'm the style, like, that's it. I'm done. I'll do this on my own. Uh, whereas other people are like, no, you do it my way. Bah kind of thing so it really does teach you about your leadership skills and, and what maybe what areas you need to work on so check out Schaefer Leadership Academy at SchaeferLeadership.com for more information Today in the studio, we have Sherry Ellison, co-owner of Queer Chocolatier. Hi, Sherry. Hey, thanks for having me today. No problem. Thanks for stopping by. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I was just talking um, to Matt and Angie, to both of you, about the um, my title. Mm-hmm. So definitely co-owner of Queer Chocolatier. Um, Morgan, my wife, and I started the business, uh, the brick and mortar, last mm-hmm. year. 
small business Saturday. She's the head chocolatier and the head queer. So I do the behind the scenes stuff. But as far as the other title, I did actually leave my position at Ball State about a month ago. Okay. Actually, this year marked my 10th year with Ball State. So I was with them for a decade and I had probably 10 different titles Mm -hmm. within Ball State. Started at the Alumni Center. Uh, Went to graduate school ended up teaching full-time uh, gender studies, mm-hmm. part of the gender studies faculty. And it ended up circling or cycling into more grant work. So um, I was in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Pakistan, all with Ball State, all working on um, partner universities and institutions, mm-hmm. working on professional development, online virtual exchange programs. I call myself an educational technologist. Okay. So someone who can really navigate the online learning strategies, best practices, and that goes with coursework. I've created a MOOC with the U.S. State Department as well, which was a lot of fun. Cool. So it's a lot of background. And just to say that I'm, I'm looking forward to expanding my career to involve more the online learning and uh, teaching together in, in whatever capacity that I can. Now, tell us about the business, the background, how it got started, everything like that. So Morgan has been, she can probably best answer that as far as the chocolate making part mm-hmm. of it. But she's been making truffles for uh, over 10 years. And she was giving away a lot of chocolate yeah. <laughs> to her coworkers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody so, finds out you make chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. She used to be a stockbroker for okay. Char- Charles Schwab. Mm-hmm. So she was giving away a lot of chocolate. And I told her, you know, if you're really serious and you're passionate about this, um, you need to turn it into a commodity, of mm-hmm. course, because that's just the way that I think. Uh, well, yeah. but I, was, I told her, essentially, you should think about selling this as a product. And so uh, we went through a lot of not necessarily changing the recipe, but packaging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have to say putting together the brick and mortar itself is the hardest thing we've ever done together as a couple Mm -hmm. and probably will ever do because creating the actual space uh, which used to be a college suite shop where we are now in the village which is really cool but we updated that space and that took almost a year to do Mm -hmm. and then we put all the pieces together we are where we are now in the village on the corner right next to insomnia cookies Uh, But before that, we were just doing online sales, Mm -hmm. and then we moved to the Murray building. So it's been quite the the path or trajectory that Mm -hmm. we've taken. But the the chocolate has really stayed the same. It's always been amazing. It's really just the behind the scenes, getting things running, getting the startup capital, which Mm -hmm. we didn't take out a loan for the business at all. So we raised capital in other ways. We did Truffles for Life programs. So we have some folks that get truffles every month for us for sponsoring the business. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's been an, a really interesting path. Um, we're co-owners, but you know it varies on you know what she needs for me as far as behind the scenes work yeah. and running the shop when she needs me there and and working with the employees and whatnot. But we have a great team that's there. And you guys got to go on vacation. Yeah, so we just got back from Maine. I uh, got to see her family. It was beautiful. Left you know the shop in capable hands, mm-hmm. and that was really uh, fantastic. So most of the time, if I'm not at the shop, I'm working on uh, my own writing. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get my own writing off the ground travel essays okay in particular cool so yes i've been following you for i don't know a very long time on instagram things like that and your photos are amazing from all the places you've been and uh and i didn't know about the writing though um as you know been on instagram like you said and i've started and stopped blogging i've started and stopped writing book chapters mm-hmm. 
And I'm great at starting things, not so great at following up. So, well, aren't we all right? <laughs> Love Especially <laughs> blogging. That's yeah, tough. It is. And once Morgan came, Morgan and I decided to start this business, I put it all aside. Oh, well, yeah. So, I decided not to at the time uh, pursue anything related to writing, but I am very passionate about traveling, very passionate about travel writing, very passionate about putting into words um, all the experiences I've been really lucky to explore. So, I've been able to travel with Ball State to a lot of uh, far fun places particularly mm-hmm. in the global south uh, which has been very different from my other travel experiences so I've been to um, Iceland and Ecuador and Europe and South Africa and just lots of places again very privileged to be able to explore and I'm looking forward to writing more about that. So what's next for you? So you know putting together my CV I'm not out necessarily pursuing work right now but I'm taking the month or two just to write and you know if you have a big project and you've set it aside for a long time uh, I'm really testing myself mm-hmm. where am I in the writing process and is it something I still want to pursue and it certainly is and we, Morgan and I actually moved to Minnesota uh, like over two years ago now so I could research my family history okay. um, and that went really well and I'm actually producing some writing on that as well so really taking time these next couple of months putting my writing together but I also am speaking on the side Mm -hmm. so I'm speaking to a company in a local company in Indianapolis next month on diversity in the workplace okay so I'm excited to to do more speaking engagements as well in the realm of gender and diversity and inclusion especially what Morgan and I have done in the workplace Mm -hmm. and standing in solidarity with our uh, LGBTQ queer and trans employees and reaching out to folks if they're interested and how they can stand in solidarity with their own employees Um, you know a lot of folks come into our shop just to have a space where they can be themselves so we do learn a lot about what uh, queer youth in particular but also employees at Ball State or what have you anyone that identifies Mm -hmm. as LGBTQ TQ, what their needs are and how we can be there. How can how can we be supportive, um, not just as you know folks in the community, but as um, clients or as customers of ourselves right. and customers throughout the community as well. So some of the things that we've done recently in the business, for example, is making sure we never misgender someone mm-hmm. and say ma'am or sir, which just you know naturally flows right. sometimes, kind of right? Yeah, it is totally ingrained. Yeah. So what can we do to kind of break that habit? Mm -hmm. And also we all wear name tags with our names and our pronouns. So our customers that come in don't misgender us either. Mm -hmm. So it's just this two-way communication, you know, that we can be open and transparent and also affirm other people's identities in our shop. So we've really um, enjoyed that process with our customers, but also just talking about that experience with other people as well. Small businesses, large businesses, you know, corporations, you name it. I did a talk for the Indie Pride series on this topic and folks came back and said that they learned a lot of just small practices and tools that mm-hmm. they could take with them. Where's the most favorite place you've been? So I was prepared for that question. I knew it was coming. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I think my favorite place in the whole world that I've been to is Hawaii and particularly the Big Island. Um, and people from all over the world go to Hawaii for the same reason I did. I met someone on the pl- on a plane ride from Russia one time talking about how uh, Hawaii is paradise, mm-hmm. you know, and I totally agree with that. It's not to, to overly romanticize it because, you know, there are certainly problems that Hawaii has. Um, there's a lot of tourism. Oh, yeah. Of course, that comes there, a lot of commercialization. And actually, I was on the big island. I, st- I lived there uh, for some time in 2014 at a meditation center. So I had my own private space there, my own private room, oh, cool. and it really helped me get disciplined and get focused in meditation practices, what I would call just kind of basic adulting too. Mm-hmm. Like I learned okay. to, uh, you know, get up at a certain 
certain time and we ate from the garden. So community style living just really learned a lot about myself and communication. And um, it it was lucky because I got to work from anywhere. So I was teaching online Mm -hmm. and I could work anywhere where there was Wi-Fi. But recently, last summer, actually, the place where I was staying was destroyed by lava. Oh, my. Uh, Sad. Um, That whole area was. um, They're already rebuilding. So it's really this area where it it just they knew it was coming. You know, you can't really prepare yourself. But um, unfortunately, it was destroyed by lava. But it's the Big Island in particular just holds a special place in my heart. You feel like you're in a different planet, you Mm -hmm. know, just very different vibe altogether. So I think I feel so much emotion to it because it was such a critical time in my life when things were changing Mm -hmm. and went through some major life changes around that time. So I really attached those changes with growing up and um, being able to be on my own for a long time, which I just hadn't done in several years. So I loved my trip to South Africa as well. I went by myself. Beautiful, beautiful place. Um, Iceland, also really gorgeous. Ecuador went on a 10-day trip. Uh, with a friend who is a who's a guide through the country and just got to explore all the different uh, climates and areas of Ecuador. So cool. Hawaii has a special place in our hearts too because Matt and I ran away and got married on nice. uh, Kauai um, back in 2010. Yep. So 10, 10, 10. 10, 10, 10. So can't Matt forget. can't forget. I love Kauai. It's Wonderful. really small oh, it's actually. Tiny. Yeah. And I went through the uh, Nepali Coast Trail. Oh. Yeah. So I hiked the whole thing wow. by myself. We, we took the boat and Yeah, we took the boat around people. and looked at people hiking. <laughs> hiked it all by myself wow I mean what an incredible experience I went during the wet season when you're not supposed to go mm-hmm. uh l- lucky that there was no rain it stopped raining by the time I started hiking of course you know hiked with my tent on my back met t- tons of cool people there was one spot you know it's in this particular coast is listed in backpacker magazine as one of the top 10 most dangerous trails in the u.s yeah so there was a point where i felt um it was pretty scary and i was sort of hugging the the cliffs to get around mm-hmm. and um didn't look down so i think some people walk through it and it's a breeze to them but for me you know being by myself um that particular part of the trail was difficult but really beautiful really awesome to do it on my own hiked back out the next day um you know got to sleep with the sun of the ocean in the background and yeah loved Kauai it was uh, great. we love it it's it's very calm like there's a two-lane highway that goes you know mostly around the island and yep. you know nobody's in a big hurry and it's just pretty chill which was a little hard for us to just do at the beginning <laughs> it's like come on we got we got stuff to do and the climate's amazing the south side is a uh, uh, kind of desert arid mm-hmm. and then the uh, north side is just lush and green jungle uh Hanalei bay was my favorite of course just to hang out and- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we went to tunnels beach and it tried to like it tried to kill me so <laughs> i ended up with half of the beach in my swimsuit uh, after we were done so you know whatever it was fine <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun to watch her go head over heels big ways taking oh, her out. it like took me out you know I know you're the ones asking me questions but isn't it hard as a couple to run a business yeah and you two are in a spot <laughs> small space together mm-hmm. all the time I, you know we we need we talk about how we need therapy just for mm-hmm. like c- couples counseling and Couples who run a business together. Absolutely. Because we see each other all the time. And I'm very, I'm an introvert and I need my space. And I like to be by myself and I like to do work on my own. So I think it's, it can definitely be trying. You know, you're constantly, I, yeah. you know, oh, it's not super romantic to go to bed and, and still be talking about the business. Like, yeah. hey, yeah. How, how were sales there, today, honey? Yeah. There's a time for everything. You gotta, you gotta turn it off sometimes. And yeah. sometimes and it's tough. Our trick to turning it off is we drive to work separately. So, 
we both get that alone time in the car, 20 minutes from farmland to uh, Muncie and, and back, where we do get to not decompress. Be we get to, yeah, we kind of get to zone <laughs> a out. Whole decompress. 20 a whole 20 wow. minutes. I know. But yeah. It's better than when we were both working from our house and our commute was literally up the stairs, yeah. downstairs. So that was pretty tough. And then we also, Matt and I have the kind of the relationship where we're like, you are driving me crazy. I need you to stop talking to me right now before <laughs> yeah. I lose my mind. And he does the same thing to me. So more often than not. More. You do <laughs> have to on. be each other's best friend to run a business together. And we definitely are. We met in grad school. Didn't like each other. Really? No. (laughs) I thought she was pretentious. And I was married. So Mm -hmm. obviously that wasn't going to work out in grad school. But as our, you know, lives changed, we crossed paths again. Both grew up, both changed Mm -hmm. and hit it off right away as friends. And um, I moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she followed me. You know, I was just like, honestly, I just want to start over in a new place, mm-hmm. but couldn't get her out of my head. And we just ended up reconnecting in a, in a whole new city. And then, of course, moved back here to start the business. Knew that Muncie would offer affordable rent mm-hmm. and, you know, customers that we could lean on or, you know, our, our our friends here, our family that we've built up that would really help support us. So it was a good transition to come back here. But, yeah, we uh, talk a lot about politics and mm-hmm. Uh, both of us are uh, have a sociology background, so we do end up talking a lot about things um, that just intertwine with the business naturally. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which worked out really well. I'm more of the entrepreneur. Morgan is the maker. Mm-hmm. So she's really not a fan, actually, of the entrepreneur behind the scenes stuff. She'd rather just make chocolate all day. Well, somebody's got to make the chocolate. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love seeing and hearing other couples, too, and how they're working through the business yeah, and, th- and navigating th- other things as well. Yeah. I think it takes a special relationship and a special, like, couple to do it. Like, yeah. I could not have done this with my ex-husband. One of us would have Same. murdered each other for <laughs> sure. So I have to give a shout out to the families for taking care of the kids uh, a couple days of the week here. That's or- true. Or a weekend the here, nanas and grandma like and everybody like we couldn't do it without yeah, we could the not support do it without. of the families yeah. and all that too. I think for us it can be difficult because I'm trying to grow my career mm-hmm. in a whole other direction. So been with Ball State for 10 years and I really we've taken turns supporting each other and I but I supported us with with my salary for a time being while mm-hmm. she was you know was, as you know you're not going to make money that first year especially but now that I'm switching and um, developing my CV it may take me outside of Muncie mm-hmm. it just may um, but also I'm hoping to to get my you know put some writing together as well I'm not sure where that will take me so we're, we're potentially going two different directions but also both have the same goals in mind for the business yeah so that can be difficult if one person says you know I have I have this other career too right. that I want to do develop. Over here too <laughs> By the way, I'm going to try and do both. I'm going to try and run the, you know, help you run Queer Chocolate here. And by the way, I have this other, this other thing. So now you mentioned you went out to Minneapolis, right? Correct. To research your family history and things. Yes. Tell us about that. What's going to happen with all that? Sure. So gosh, I went out there years ago and I'm still kind of sitting on it. Mm -hmm. So I discovered something about my family and I don't want to give it away. But I did discover a court case involving my family that happened years and years and years ago in the 1980s and did a lot of more research and digging and and found some secrets there. So I've been talking with my family about this for two years now, making Mm -hmm. sure everyone's comfortable and uh, putting together the script for the podcast. Uh, putting together the budget mm-hmm. <laughs> as you know oh, can yeah. t- take take some time um, actually was in Poland last summer on a Fulbright trip and I created a podcast out of interviews with activists who had worked on what was called the black protest movement so they were fighting a total abortion ban in Poland okay. so I put together a podcast for the curriculum for my class uh, sort of tested that out to 
see how it would go. Absolutely loved it. Loved podcasting. Want to be really serious about it and take it seriously. Working on the scripts for that podcast now. And I'm excited to start to uh, do some interviews with my family. It's very personal, mm-hmm. uh, very detailed, very sensitive. So I'm real excited to to not just talk about it anymore, to, but to put it out there. Put it out there. What is the most used emoji on your phone? Uh, definitely the thumbs up, thumbs up because Morgan is probably asking me something and I'm just going to, I'm giving her the thumbs up. Yeah. Awesome. What's your biggest advice to young people just getting started? In a, any particular field or no, just no, just general after advice. graduation? Because or? I'm going to feel like it's going to be travel, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cautious about that because travel can be very expensive. I think it's a privilege, mm-hmm. qu- quite honestly. So to tell someone, hey, after graduation, even though your Sally Mae or you know student loans are coming through, you should just drop everything at tra- and travel right now. Um, I think that's really tough advice to give. I didn't start tra- traveling until I was thirty. It would be awesome if students or graduates or you know what have you could take some time off, even to travel locally. I think that our national parks are like gems. They're amazing. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, even taking road trips, um, it, it totally changes your perspective. So. Morgan and I talk a lot about, know a lot about chocolate, um, what we read, what we see. Mm-hmm. But when I went to uh, Ecuador and got to actually see chocolate, mm-hmm. um, right, it was a totally different experience. So you see the women who make it. You right. see uh, the the cacao pods. You see the plantations. You see everything that goes into it, and it really changes your worldview and your perspective. And we don't really know where a lot of our food and our products and things mm-hmm. come from. When I was in Bangladesh, you know, I got to drive through and see sweatshops. These are where a lot of our clothes come from. So I think that being able to see a lot of the world totally changes your perspective. And if you can do it, I think it's amazing. You know, I worked my way up in small ways. I didn't go back to grad school until uh, five years after I originally went to school. So mm-hmm. I really took some time to think about it. Um, so I just continued with my education and continued with my skills and continued to grow in every area I possibly could and just expected to con- continuously change and reshape my career. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you have to stay in one particular place or institution uh, forever and ever. And I think that's changing where a lot of folks are moving around. So constantly taking advantage of a liberal arts ed- education, taking advantage of critical thinking skills and applying those wherever you are will definitely make you a standout candidate wherever you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Are there any places on your bucket list you'd like to visit? I would love to go to Southeast Asia for sure. I haven't been there for every place that I've traveled. Love to go to Vietnam. I'd love to go to Thailand. Um, love to go to Cambodia. So those, are, I think those areas for sure. Well, I love the truffles. They're amazing. They are delicious. Yes, I agree. So thank you so much for coming hey, in thanks today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Today we're being sponsored by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Yep, check them out at LuckyTats.com. Today I want to talk about the owner, Daniel Stewart. Daniel! Now, I love Daniel because, one, he's an awesome guy, and two, he did the tattoo on my arm, so he has a special place in my heart and on my arm. (laughs) I think I made that joke before, but oh well. (laughs) 
But did you know he specializes in black and gray tattoos as well as portraits? So if you have somebody's face you want on your arm or whatever, he can he totally he can do it. He can do it. He specializes in it and he loves to do it. He can tackle any project, large or small, and he thrives on details. So he loves to put little details in your tattoo to make it special and unique just for you. Now, I've seen his uh, work. It's just amazing. Like, he can I mean, really look do like, a portrait of they somebody look like on your skin. faces on your arm or leg or wherever. Anyway, he does a great job. He loves to personalize it for his, for his clients and just make really pretty works of art because that's what they truly are. Check him out at LuckyTats.com. It's time now for one of my favorite segments on the Gone Boss podcast. It's What Angie Hates. What Angie Hates. So, Angie, what do you hate today? Today, I hate hyphenated last names. But you have a hyphenated last name. Yes, I know I have a hyphenated last name. And I like the fact that I have it. (laughs) Now, give me the two reasons why you have a hyphenated name. I have one of those. You have the other. Okay. My reason is because I am my own damn person and I wanted to keep my last name because I had been married before. I changed my name. So I used to have a whole different last name years and years ago. And then when I got divorced, I took my, my maiden name back and that's who I am. And that's what and then it was. you met me. Then I met Matt and he really, he wanted, he wanted me to consider changing my name and taking on Hal. But then we thought about it. Here's the second yeah. reason. And my, probably the more important, most important reason. My mother's name, who we live not but two farm fields away, her name is Angie Howell. That's true. And so could you imagine if living, you didn't have your hyphen, the living mail next door. <laughs> that would be delivered Four. erroneously yes. to each other. Exactly. I mean, it was already confusing enough. Like sometimes I'd go to the bank and like it's farmland. There's not that many people there. Everybody knows everybody. But they'd pull up her account and they would verify and nobody ever got money put or taken out of the wrong accounts. Yeah. But, you know, it's confusing when there's two Angie Howells and they live next door and their addresses are both on the same road and it's confusing. So so that's that's the two main reasons, I think, that you have a hyphenated name. Yes. Now, tell me what you really hate about it. It is a pain in the butt. Like, <laughs> when you go anywhere that has a computer system, yeah. like the doctor, a pharmacist, or... There's only so many characters. There's only so much in. room. And Roger's Hell is, like, not that long, but it is long. And you never know if they put it under under Roger's or if they put it under Hal. And, like, if it's, hot, like, technically, for people who don't know how to input hyphenated last names, technically, the, the whatever the first last name is should be first. So I should be filed under Roger's. R. Yes, under R. But you never know if it's Rogers or Hal. Or sometimes you go to the pharmacy and they're like, wait, you're picking up for Roger Hal? No, no, no. It's Angie Rogers Hal. So it's just confusing. Um, so when we had Zuzu, we made a choice like not to hyphenate her name. Her her last name is just Hal. Um, I didn't want it to sound like a law firm when she went to school. And if she gets married and she decides she wants to hyphenate her last name, then she'd have like three last names. And that would be confusing. So yeah, I like it. Because I am my own person, and it does differentiate me from my mother-in-law. Because Mrs. Howell is my mother-in-law, not me. <laughs> <laughs> You're but Mrs. Rogers. Howell. I am Mrs. Rogers Howell. Thank you very much. Well, you know, it's great being a guy. We don't have to worry about. It. Yeah. Hello, patriarch. You know, I actually had a cousin who changed his name to Howell because he married a gal whose last name was Howell. That's true. We have some friends. They got married and they combined their last name to make each of their last names. They combined them into one. Like legally? Yeah. I didn't know that. 
Because I know at mar- a, a lot of uh, weddings nowadays, they, they, they do the mashup. Well, they do that like in like the hashtag or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the hashtag culture and all that kind right. of But it's not legal. No, but... But you're saying these people actually... Yes. Mash their names They up. mash their names up. They made their own last name out of both of their names. And now their kids have that last name and they've made their own family, which I think is great. I don't know if you could do that with Rogers and Hal. What, like Raul? I think it's a great Howl- lawyer's Rogers? name. Rogers and Hal. Yeah, the the law offices of Rogers Hal. That's right. If you're in a bad accident, call us today. Call us today. We we'll use the screwdriver. We'll put the screwdriver to him. Instead not like the not hammer. the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag Gone Boss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k, or you can find us on Facebook by searching for. Boss. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Our premier sponsor today was Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Check out more of them at LuckyTats.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has gone, gone boss. boss.